HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 in the Good Beer Seal. It's July 23rd, 2013. It's the middle of the fifth annual July Good Beer Month. I got my good buddies from the Good Beer Seal. We got Ken from Kilmyers in Staten Island. How you Ken, doing? you're like the, the southernmost point of New York State. Yes, sir. You just, you just told me that. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's very difficult to give directions when people ask, how do I get there from the ferry terminal? I kind of gulp a little bit when they ask that. So Kilmyers is from 1890. It's like the yeah. south of, of Staten Island. It's still part of New York State. Yes. And Heather Rush, our good buddy from Pine Box Rock Shop. So we got some good beer seal bars here tonight celebrating July Good Beer Month. Cheers to that. All right. So Mayor Bloomberg gave us a proclamation again this year, five years straight. It's July Good Beer Month. But the real impetus is the small, independently owned beer bars of of which we have uh, three here in the room tonight. We've got some great guests tonight. We've got some people from Pilsner or Kell. There's a cool place in Manhattan called Tavern 29 that's here, and we're going to talk about some beer cocktails. So this show is kind of like the, the wide world of beer. We've got a lot of new people that I've never met in, in before, and we're going to try to integrate them all into the show. So first of all, thanks to our sponsor, greatbrewers.com. Uh, we know them as Union Beer, but they're all around the country. El Knife, there's so many great distributors. And really, for me, they're the, the stop shop for a craft beer that I go to all the time. And they've been a big supporter of our show and of the Heritage Radio Network. First, a big shout-out. Uh, Heritage Radio Network is hosting on August 11th a special event. It's a Hawaiian barbecue. It's going to be out here at Roberta's. So you can go to heritageradionetwork.org. If you become a member, you get a lot of benefits, including you get to go to those special events. So here we are with Ken. Ken, you're at Kilmyers. Uh, one of the older, he's, he's got a phone and it's so oh, quaint. It's so annoying. Huh? But Ken grew a beard since last year. So, yeah. Ken, you've got one of the oldest bars in New York City. Yes, sir. And you're way down in the south of Staten Island. Yes, sir. So, like, tell me about your draft beer system because we're going to talk to uh, the guys from Pilsner and Cal who have some pretty interesting, uh, you know, draft systems. What is your draft system? Well, we have one of those uh, stainless steel coil systems. It's packed in ice. It's been there forever, and we've been... Pretty much, uh, you know, trying to reject all those uh, perlic systems that are being pushed on us. But our beer system is just come to the, the, the walk-in refrigeration box is right below us. So it just comes straight up and the coils are stainless steel wrapped in ice every day. And uh, that's, uh, that's it. And uh, my phone's ringing, and it's annoying. But It's you know. okay. But you're yeah. like one of the pioneers of, of craft beer in Staten Island. Yes, sir. How did you get started? What was the first bar you owned? Well, I owned Adobe Blues first. I opened that up about 21 years ago, and uh, the the thought was very basic. It was that uh, on Staten Island, if you wanted a beer, your choice was either... 
Heineken, Budweiser, Coors, Mol- you know, it's yeah, the basic big boys. And we wanted to have the largest beer selection on Staten Island, which really wasn't very hard to do at the time. We just opened it up and started, you know, adding all the other <laughs> breweries. And... Um, and soon, everybody responded to it so positively, the beer list grew t- from 80 to 250 very, very quickly. And we became one of the – we actually became next to the Peculiar Pub on Bleecker Street, the second largest beer list on in all of New York City at one point. Ken, what year was this? This was about, uh, let's say, 1993, 94 it was it was way back when. I know a lot of places have surpassed Jekyll and Hyde. A lot of places have surpassed us since then. Well, we're really happy to honor you because, yeah. you know, we met you last year. We went to Staten Island, and people said there's got to be a good Brazil bar in Staten Island. We went yeah. to Adobe Blues and went all the way to the tip of Staten It really is the southernmost point of New York yes. State, which is amazing to think about. It's a big state. But we're really impressed by your bar, and, and I know that where you are, I, I'm sure you have – it's probably not Craft Beer Central, right? No, it's not. Um, it actually is an old German community, which is, uh, um, which is what the, the neighborhood was called, Kreischerville, 150 years ago. The bar was built in 1859 to service the uh, German immigrants, which was the largest immigrant group on Staten Island. And we just sort of like picked up and said, okay, you know, there's not really any German restaurants on Staten Island anymore. So we we made a German restaurant and renamed it after that original family, the Kilmeyer family. Uh, We're basically a German restaurant. We have a large selection of German beers. We also have a very large German beer garden outside, seats about 150 uh, people. And uh, we have so many tap lines. We just decided, well, you know, let's 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 include all the local craft brewers in that. We've done an, a great job of keeping it going, and we have a lot of guests tonight. So here's Heather Rush from Pine Box Rock Shop. Heather, how are you? Good. How are you doing tonight? So what have you been doing for July Good Beer Month? At uh, well, Box? we got our new cast beer system, which we talked about last time we were on the air, um, and then had a big party for Heavy Seas. Uh, and we are running through some beer cocktails. Which I brought some delicious samples for you guys today. All right, so we're going to get to that later in the show. But you hang with me because you're our, you know, in 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 studio buddies. So <laughs> we need buddies. There's all these strangers here. It's like, gosh, I know everybody in the beer world. And suddenly today, I've got I got people. Brian Panzica, he's the trade quality manager from Pilsner Urquell, and and uh, he's pulled up with a, a van that's got this crazy, you know, traditional Pilsner Urquell setup. And we were just just outside a little while ago drinking beer, which is pretty awesome. On the street, we were on Moore Street in Bushwick. There's a if you see the Pilsner or Cal Van, Brian. What should they do? Should they knock on the window and say, "Can they, people actually go in and get a beer?" How does it work? It doesn't exactly work that way, Jimmy. What we're doing is um, we're using the van as a promotional tool to go around to um, existing and prospective customers to uh, sort of explain the quality initiative that Pilsner Raquel has really um, put forth over the past couple of years. So uh, about two years ago or you know, early 2012, Pilsner Raquel started express cold shipping all the beer. So when it leaves the brewery and goes to the boats, it's on a cold box. When it's on the boat, it's in a cold box. And when it goes to the distributor, it's all refrigerated at 32 degrees. And that right there makes Pilsner Raquel the highest quality import into the United States. So to take it that one step further, what we're doing now is we're bringing the actual faucets over from the Czech Republic. So it is as traditional as you can get. So now the Pilsner that you get here in the United States tastes almost exactly like the Pilsner that you get in the Czech Republic. So, Brian, you've been doing this a long time. You're an accomplished bartender. And we try to raise the professionalism because there's some really great people that, are, that have been working in beer and, and bars for a long time. Uh, how did you get started doing this? Well, as you said, I was—I've been a bartender straight through for the past ten years in New York City. It's uh, some pretty, um, you know, impressive places: Rosie O'Grady's in Midtown, and then GMT Tavern down on Bleecker Street, right across the street from the Peculiar Pub there. And I was invited by Pilsner Raquel to participate in the 2012 International Master Bartender Competition, which is actually about to start right now. We're, we're still in the process of seeking uh, candidates, and it's going to go off uh, the beginning of its July 29th, and then the actual competition is going to be September 9th at Hospoda up on 73rd Street in New York. Um, and I ended up winning the competition um, last year against 30 other bars in New York City. And from that, I then went to compete against 12 other countries in the Czech Republic. And I came in second uh, by one point. 
out of something like 200 uh, total points, I had 169, and the guy that won had 100. Where was he from? He was from Norway. Real beer guy. Really, really knew his stuff. And um, he had a lot to say about beer, beer in general. I'd like to feel that I'm at that level now, but I just wasn't then. So You are, but he has nothing else to live for. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's got the title. Can't get it again this year. So when I came back from the Czech Republic, um, they, they felt that they could really uh, work with me because not only my knowledge of beer, but what they had to teach me. And here I am. I'm trade quality manager for Pilsner Urkel. So I know you, you have some initiatives that, that I've seen. So how many different ways are there to pour Pilsner Urkel? There are four di- totally different ways. Um, uh, some of them are kind of weird. Yeah, like the, the Maliko, which is ultimately it's like seven-eighths foam and one-eighth beer. It's, it's basically served as a de- dessert pour. It's a digestif. So uh, they'll traditionally drink it, and they, meaning the Czechs, they'll traditionally drink it after a meal. It actually helps you digest, digest your food a little bit. It's a very sweet pour. You get a lot of malty sweetness um, from, from the malt. Uh, not a lot of hop aroma, which is traditional for uh, the you know the smooth but pour. How does it, I don't understand how that works. You're not just pouring foam. Well, how does the, the side handle faucet actually enables us to fill an entire glass with just foam. That's what the you know the, the faucet's got that little agitator screen that I told you about in there, and that will let the entire glass fill up with foam. And as it slowly, slowly starts to settle, there will be a little bit beer on the bottom of the glass. If you pour an entire glass of foam or even a pitcher of foam, that's actually 25% beer. It will settle into that. And then the rest of the foam will dissipate. But if you, they drink it in one full quaff, they'll take the whole thing back and it does help settle the stomach. Um, they will also traditionally drink it as their last beer of the evening, like right before they go home. And it's, it's a, you know, like I said, it's a digestif. It makes so it's stomach. like I'm not really having another beer. I'm just having foam. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really sweet foam, and it's got that texture of the cappuccino foam, which makes it feel nice going down your throat. And okay. you still get to charge them for a full beer. Yeah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Heather, you're always thinking that. Okay, you, guys, you guys are too good. I, I can't compete with you guys. Come on. So what are the other three ways of pouring Pilsner in a cup? Um, okay, so the, the crisp is, uh, is traditional in the United States. We normally pour that into a Pilsner glass. The smooth is their tradition, which is what we had in the van. Um, you know, the 35 millimeters of foam, nice, dense uh, liquid foam up top. The Maliko, and um, that's it. You know, the crisp is very traditional as to what we do here in the States, and it's, it's not all that common over there. Like I said, their tradition is the smooth with that nice two fingers of foam on top. It's, it's a nice beer. Are you also signing like a, some other special versions, like unfiltered Pilsner Cal? Well, in, in the Czech Republic, uh, they have what they call tank beer, and it's literally completely different than what we have here. The, the, the beer is not, um, it's not oxidized. There's no CO2 pressure inside a keg or whatnot. The bag is actually, it's a bag inside a pressurized tank. So the bags are actually filled from a truck that's very similar to an 18-wheeler. And what they do is they, they fill it up with the beer, and then the outside of that bag is inside a tank. That's pressurized with it could just be CO2. So as you, you're actually pouring the beer in the Czech Republic at one of these tank bars, the beer is being squeezed out by the pressure of the CO2, but the CO2 never touches the oxygen. So it's unfiltered, unpasteurized, and it's also not oxidized in any way, shape, or form. So that truly is as if you were drinking it in the cellars of the Pilsner Brewery in Pilsen. So you know, Czech had a great beer history, and we all know that. It's where, where Pilsner came from. But we had the guys from Coat, which is a real small brewery. Uh, they were on a few weeks ago. Um, do, you, do you get a chance to go to Czech, Slovak, Czech Republic and I, I've been once the for, for the competition, and um, I, I was in Pilsen and then in Prague for a little bit. But uh, honestly, I'll tell you, once you go to the brewery in Pilsen, you want to spend as much time as you can there. You, you go down in the cellars, and these cellars have not changed in, in over 100 years. The beer itself is, is 170 years old, and they tend not to change a lot, especially because of the fact that they were... Um, not to, uh, Nazi occupied during the war, and then also they were under communist rule for so long they weren't allowed to change their brewery, which is the reason why they just have the one lager, the Pilsner style lager. Um, they never branched out into anything because they didn't really have the opportunity. So the cellars look exactly the way that they did over a hundred years ago. They're still, you know, lagering beer in huge wooden barrels down there. But I, I chose to stay in and around the Pilsen Brewery. It was really nice. That's great. 
And Ken, you just poured something really good. What is it? Well, um, actually, this is a German uh, beer called Schofferhofer Grapefruit Weiss. It is uh, something that I was just turned on to this year. I'm selling it out in my beer garden. It's become very, very popular. Um, it doesn't even taste like a beer. My, my, my daughter equates it to uh, Yaritos grapefruit soda. It's such a strong grapefruit flavor. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, very refreshing and um, uh, at the risk of sounding sexist, the, the ladies like it very much. Well, I it's like it too. pretty low ABV, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've low. heard of this. Yeah. All right. So cheers to everybody. This is a full room. We've got a lot more to do on the show. Um, wow. And, and earlier, just so you know, we, we'll play a bit of it later. We actually went into the Pilsner Raquel van, which is, is right now, if you're listening live, it's parked on Moore Street in Bushwick. And uh, it's like a full keg setup in there. It's I hope, crazy. I hope it's still parked so, on Moore Street. <laughs> talking about lovely. beer, like beer, this is the wide world of beer show, the beer promotions. What are you guys doing with a van that has like a draft in the it's middle? A, it's a man cave. <laughs> I mean, for real, bro. Like, why? Like, couch, that's about it. Where else are you guys going to go with this van? Why do you guys have beer in a van? We go to all the the local and regional markets. We we go down to um, D.C., Philadelphia, up to Boston, Poughkeepsie area, Newburgh area. And what we're really just trying to do is show present and future accounts. Uh, the benefits of the side handle tap system and the different pours, the actual different flavors you can get from the actual faucet. You know, from, from the one pour that's the smooth pour, the traditional pour, versus the Maliko, it, it makes the beer taste completely different. The Maliko is very, very malty, sweet, and the smooth pour, you get a nice floral aroma and just a little bit of that hop bitterness. But it matters 100% the way that you actually draft the beer as to the way that the beer tastes. And we felt very much so that... We wanted to show people that. We wanted to put a beer right in front of them and get them to taste the difference because just talking about it really is not going to get your point across. People are going to have a hard time believing and or understanding as, as to, you know, just by pouring it differently how you can get a different flavor. And just for the record, Brian's the only guy in the room who's not drinking beer. Because, <laughs> wow, you have, you have to drive the van, I have right? to drive the van. See, so yeah. he's stuck with the van. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for putting that on record. I appreciate that. He's not drinking beer. Excellent. But, the rest of us. but, Ken, this is great. I've never had this before. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just saw it for the first time. They, I guess they just started presenting it, and it immediately became a bit of a hit with my, uh, my customers. Brian, is it true that some accounts in the States have an unfiltered Pilsner Raquel or some other type of special Pilsner Raquel? That, that would be very limited coming over from the United States. It would be if they were doing some sort of a promotion. I don't know anything about that. If, if they do come over and it's unfiltered and unpasteurized, it comes over in a small wooden barrel and it's express shipped over here via airplane. Um, you know, I, I think every beer that comes over from Europe has to be pasteurized. So that right there, if it's, if it's going to be on a boat, it has to be pasteurized. But those special barrels may be floating around for special occasions throughout the year. But... I'm not very privy to that. All right. Well, hey, uh, thanks to our sponsor, GreatBrewers.com. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. This one's called Someone Like You by Pamela Royal on the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Stay tuned for more from Beer Sessions Radio. So you like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit GreatBrewers.com today. Hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're live at Roberta's in Bushwick. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43, the Good Beer Seal. I got Ken Torado from Kilmyers Bavarian Inn in Staten Island, Heather Rush, 
How you doing? Pine Box Rock Shop. <laughs> so, Heather, what do you think of the show so far? It's awesome. And then we talked to the guy from Pilsner. He gets to drive around in a van. He can't drink beer, but he pours beer. I was really exciting that you won a bartending competition just serving beer. <laughs> that was uh, yeah. not just serving beer, but that they would even Actually, have like a bartending competition with a beer focus. I think that's really great. It is. Get Brian on one more time. So, so Brian, uh, for working for Pilsner. So tell us more about that competition because uh, I'd never heard of that before. What it actually was, Jimmy, is that we had to learn a lot about the brewing process. We had to learn a lot. Of, we had to learn the entire history of the beer, and um, you know that starts with just uh, in 1838. There was a revolt. They dumped uh, half the beer, you know, like 36 barrels of beer down the drain, um, and basically said, "We're not going to stand for this anymore." Because they were drinking sludge for the most part, and it took them roughly four years to uh, gain all the technology to build a new brewery, and then in 1842, that's when they actually started brewing the golden beer that is now Pilsner Raquel. It, it always was, you know, same recipe and whatnot, but we had to learn the entire history of the brand, uh, the entire brewing process, you know, everything from multiple choice questions to diagrams and whatnot. Um, there's a, uh, a presentation involved, and then you do a Q&A, and you have to answer questions uh, up on stage in front of, you know, several people. So, Brian, you also took the Cicerone program. Yes, sir, it's the C- Cicerone beer, the beer server. server. So uh, do you think that really prepared you for I mean, I took the Cicerone beer server course, too, and I thought it was great. There, there are areas I'd never, you know, covered before. I mean, did Anything you want to say about that? Well, I think the Cicerone prepares you uh, for a great beer experience when, uh, when you're working in a bar. You know the difference between ales and lagers and, you know, subtype, subclassifications. As far as this competition, I, I definitely think that, um, it, you know, top fermentation versus bottom fermentation, ales versus lagers, it helps you get a better understanding of, of how Pilsner Kell came to its fruition because of the fact that they're using different strain of yeast. They used the Pilsner 8 strain, which is a lager yeast, and it was also fermented at colder temperatures in the cellars in Pilsen. So, yeah, the Cicerone uh, certification course definitely had um, a little bit of impact in the difference, knowing the difference between ales and lagers and whatnot. You know, did you ever take it, Ken? Uh, no, I, I, I didn't, but I, I do know that uh, I have a very large Russian clientele down at the bottom of Staten Island, and they all they all are really, really huge Pilsner Urkel fans. They ask for the beer all the time, and it is considered like a, like the gold standard of a certain style of beer from a certain part of you know of like the world. Do, do they fly in from Russia just to come to your bar? Uh I would love to say yes to that, but <laughs> not really, no. There's a lot of cool things going on down there. I mean, if I was in the southernmost part of New York State, I would be at Kilmars every day. <laughs> but it's getting there. That's the hard part, right? Yeah, exactly. And then, Heather, what about you? Have you or your staff been involved in any type of you know beer education or programs like Cicerone? No, everything's been kind no? of uh, uh, done in-house. and on our, I didn't even know about this, actually. I'd love to get my staff in on that. You're you're so good, and Jeff's here too. He's over there in the corner. He's letting Heather talk. So. <laughs> he always lets, so let's me get, talk. let's get to the beer cocktail. This is kind of fun. So this is the Wide World of Beer Show. We've got the, one of the cooler things is is a beer cocktail. So we did something last year at Jimmy's Number Forty Three. We had the, the beer cocktail brunch off. We had some cool beer reps like Sean McCain when he worked at Victory and Maya Raposa from Brooklyn Brewery and some other home brewers. They all made really cool beer cocktails. But we've got a, a special guest I want to introduce first. Uh, it's her first time on the show. Uh, and if, if I pronounce your name right, say it, tell us your name so I don't mispronounce it. Oh, hi, Jimmy. Thank you for having me. My name is uh, Kara Talon, and I'm here from Tavern 29, which is located at 47 East 29th Street in Manhattan. Wow, so you're in Midtown Manhattan. Yes, and yes. You guys, do you have a beer garden or anything? We do. We have uh, three floors, um, one of which is a rooftop beer garden, and um, we have over 24 draft lines and a lot of exciting things going on right now. All right. So uh, I know you're here with some of your team. The, one of the owners is here and, and publicist. So you, you're trying to showcase them. So you're going to make us a beer cocktail today, right? Yeah, that's correct. So how did you get started in this business? Um, when I was 18, um, I'm from Pennsylvania, first of all, uh, outside of Harrisburg. I went in for a serving job, and they just said, yeah, that's not going to work. 
Uh, and so they said, we'll train you to be a bartender. You might have enough friendliness to do that. And, uh, and you, weren't, you weren't friendly enough? I to wasn't be friendly a- enough to be a <laughs> server. That's pretty much what they told me, which now I take, take as a bit of a compliment. Um, uh, but ever since She's then... She's tough. She's really tough. Watch ever out. since then, I'm, um, you know, I've, I ended up moving to New York in 2005 and uh, doing my master's degree and what have you, but have always been bartending and uh, managing... In recent years and doing a lot of fun things with beer as well as liquor. So well, I'm always interested in people's day-to-day job because I really think that, you know, the restaurant, hospitality, bar business is a serious job and there's really great people in it. Um, like day-to-day, w- w- what do you do at your job? I mean, every day is different. I think that's why most people in hospitality are drawn to it and we keep going back again and again. You know, I wake up in the morning and it's like, what fire could I put out today or what great idea could I execute? Um, it starts with, you know, general operations and, you know, from there, managing staff, um, dealing with vendors and finding new and exciting ways to people to bring people into our uh, to our really fun place. So, uh, yeah, every day is different. All right, so we're going to make some beer cocktails. And then we've also, uh, Heather, you brought your guy. Yeah, I brought Tony Pontius, our bloody really? Mary guru. Why is, he, why is your name is Tony T.K.? Bartender and Bloody Mary guru, <laughs> Pine Box Rock Shop. Well, the TK part, I don't really know anything about. But <laughs> like I said earlier, I'll just be totally kidding. Um, Bloody Mary guru, yeah. Uh, I, I make uh, all the Bloody Marys. We only do Bloody Marys on Saturdays and Sundays for a limited time. Um, and the reason is because we do six and sometimes like seven or eight. I have a couple of off-menu uh, ones. If, if you, know, you get talking to me about uh, Bloody Marys, I'll make you one of the special ones. That's pretty fun. And, um, they're all special. Yeah, well, yeah, they're all That's <laughs> Jeff Rush over there. <laughs> um, Jeff's too shy to sit in front of a microphone, but not really. <laughs> he's and not shy. He's not shy. How did you get started? You're, you're another accomplished bar person. Um, I, I, when I moved to the city, I just uh, I started uh, bartending just to, just to meet people. And, uh, and I met Heather and Jeff like at an old place that they used to work at. And, and when they opened up their place, I told them that they're taking me with them so yeah, he didn't even ask he's coming <laughs> with you <laughs> so um yeah and i just become i'm pretty much a utility player over at the pine box i also run the sound for our showroom um and just take care of anything that needs to be taken care of and uh, uh and and make up uh beer cocktails and bloody mary's so, so w- which cocktail should we try <laughs> first who's well, ready you can go ahead. Uh, you, you I'm not sure. Uh, some of your cocktails are really like over the top. I mean, there are decorations and layers and <laughs> levels. Like hey, if anybody in this room has a camera, take a picture and tweet it to uh, it, it at beer be. underscore sessions. It and Maggie, be. I know Maggie's out there. Maggie, we need some photos of these beer cocktails. They look pretty swanky. Like I think we we'll need some straws to taste. It's like the that. biggest oh, yeah. piece of celery I've ever seen in Tony's. Well, Bloody I think Mary. Tony TKs. I mean, I love Bloody Marys, <laughs> and uh, I think you're putting me to shame here with these Bloody Marys. Oh. Um, but no, they look great. I think right. we should start with yours. Oh, sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, so let's, let's pass it. We, yeah, yeah. How do we, let's yeah, just sit we from, from, I think we're going to sit from the same cup. We're just going right. to get right. sexy. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I want it. Come on. <laughs> well, this is, a, um, this is one of Heather's inventions. Um, it is uh, a Jameson-based a Bloody Mary with tomato juice, a little horseradish, a little chipotle um, seasoning. Um, and... Um, ah. I'm not sure what we use today for the for I couldn't the, for find the any Sly Fox Dry Irish Stout, so I used the Dragon Head, which is not something we would normally carry because yeah. we usually focus on um, domestics, but is a wonderful Irish Stout with some great malt. If character. you can see the garnish, all I want to do is like there's that garnish of like Tony. What are the we, garnishes? Because I want to eat them all. One pickled time. okra, uh, a baby gherkin, a garlic stuffed um, olive, <laughs> a pickled turnip, a peppercini, and a pickled green bean. And just say the Pilsner Raquel actually is a great chaser for this. <laughs> I, I, I've been downing my Pilsner Raquel. I still want an unfiltered Pilsner Raquel. Like I want something, you know, the next step up. Come Even on. in New Orleans, you don't see Bloody Mary's tiered like that. That's and Tony, is this actually what you guys would sell at Pine that Box is, Rock Shop? Yeah. Yes, that's All that, exactly. So it's like, like lots of vegetables. Well, every single, uh, like I said, we mainly have uh, six on the menu, but everything has a different... Uh, garnish com- combination, and so you know everyone's passing around this towel because he's packed his <laughs> pint glass with like booze and tomatoes and vegetables, and every time you sip it, it's spilling out. It's, yeah, it's called abundance. I, I do like that. I, I wear them on my shoes and my pants every Saturday and Sunday. Heather actually bought me an apron once, but I just he don't never wear wears it well. 
know. What do you think of voice to wear apron? You're too good. You, you guys are really awesome. Ken, what do you think? Isn't that like the craziest Bloody Mary you ever saw? It's wonderful, though. I mean, I'm a big Bloody Mary fan myself. And, uh, you know, to me, uh, pickled okra is exotic. This uh, takes it a few steps higher. All right. Next, we have we have Cara Talons. Uh, what, what drink did you make for us? Uh, well, I made something called the Pearl Street um, that we have available both at uh, Stone Street Tavern as well as Tavern 29. Um, and it's kind of like my homage to uh, Summer in the South. Um, I love drinking sweet tea and bourbon. I mean, that's all there is to it. <laughs> but you're in New York City and you might be sitting on a rooftop. Maybe you're not. Um, so we can make some things that are pretty fun. What this is, is um, it's a combination of Bushmills Irish whiskey with uh, R.J. Rocker's Son of a Peach Wheat Unfiltered Ale. So there's your unfiltered today, um, which is out of South Carolina, with um, just some uh, great peaches out of California, pureed, and a little bit of mint. So uh, it's refreshing, it's light, it's easy, and uh, I think hopefully everyone likes it today. So what, what is the basis of, of having a beer cocktail? I mean, cause with a cocktail, you want to, like, I know that if you don't have a liquor license, sometimes we, we want to make a beer cocktail so you have a cocktail. But why, why use beer in a cocktail if you already have liquor? Well, I mean, I think we both can answer that. I mean, you know, New Yorkers love doing weird and strange things. I mean... Anyone who's a drinker. And the premise of mixing... string beans. <laughs> the premise of, like, mixing a shot in a beer is so innate and so normal to me. It is with me, too. Yeah. It's a Midwest thing. Uh, I think it's a New York thing as well. I mean... Well, yeah, yeah. People, you know, you want to walk into a bar and you're like, well, I'd like a beer, but I'd also like a shot. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's fun to combine the two things. And I think it gives us even more flexibility... I'm going to take a step here. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of freedom. I mean, why not? Why not? So what is that a play on? The one that you made? Is it? Well, this is uh, this is our Michelada. Ooh, that's good. So yeah, but I, you know. Oh, that's the Michelada. Yeah. Oh, this no. is the one that Which you one made. Is yours? That's what I made. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> no, mine doesn't. Have any this is like garnish. beer cocktail party. I just um, had the wrong drink. Oh yeah, that's a, yeah. So. That, that was good though. By the way, that's a very nice uh, beer cocktail. Thank you. Mm. Um, and then, what was yours again? This well, is mine. You're welcome to try it. I think let's tell the rest. Let's just walk, talk us through the recipes again because I think that <laughs> I think we got mixed up. If I'm that. listening in in England or Michigan or California, <laughs> I want to know how to make all three of these drinks. Okay. Well, for mine, uh, for a 16 ounce cocktail, what I would do is I would take. I mean, it depends how big your pants are, but I would take about an ounce and a half of uh, Bushmills Irish whiskey, and I would mix it. Um, with about an ounce of some kind of fruit puree, preferably I do uh, frog hollow peaches. And then, um, you know, add some R.J. Rocker's beer um, over ice. And if you feel so inclined to garnish with mint, then uh, you've got a beer cocktail. So what, why did you pick R.J. Rocker's beer? I mean, I mean, it's interesting. First of all, it's from South Carolina. How many beers do you know from South Carolina? There really aren't a huge Westbrook. amount. Westbrook. Westbrook is one. But, you know, there aren't a ton out there, I must say, at least compared to where I'm from. Um, and so, you know, with the idea of it being from the South, mixed with peaches, very Southern, and, you know, hot weather, I think it's a great combination. And then, you know, to do a little play, I prefer uh, whiskey to bourbon, so uh, I went the whiskey route. So why do you add, I mean, just going back to it, mm-hmm. if you have your whiskey and you have your fruit, why, what is beer? how does beer play into these beer cocktails? Well, you know, you know, I think it adds carbonation. You know, if you make uh, margaritas as though I do, especially at home, you add, a, you add a can of beer to give it that carbonation, that fizz. And um, I think that that's something that's... Yeah, I want to try that. What is it? It's a beer margarita? Oh, you don't put a beer in your margarita? I've never heard of this. Oh, you need to Ken, come have to you heard of, of this? No, Ken, no, you no, need no. to come to one of my barbecues. Wait, no, it no, makes my margaritas that delicious. much better. Wait, wait, I've heard of Magnier. I've heard of Cointreau. Oh, wait, what are they called? Yeah. Beer margaritas? Uh, no, but it's, it's, I've been doing this long, much longer than some other beer companies, let's be honest. But uh, <laughs> no, it just adds that acidity and that fizz. But by- so, so you're making your margarita. Yes. And then just walk us through because I've never heard of it. Okay, this is a whole different show on margaritas there, Ken. All right. If you want to hear my margarita recipes, you're going to have to invite me back. But back to beer cocktails in themselves, uh, you know, I think it's important um, to just, you know, highlight the beer itself. I mean, you're adding things that are going to make a beer, which is already pretty great, even better, and make it a little bit, um, a little stronger, a little bit more exciting. Puts it over the top. Why not? All right. And Tony TK, what are you making? Are you just pouring a beer? I feel like every time these guys pour a beer, it's like a beer cocktail. He's putting something in it, too. So what is this? Uh, This is our IPA Manhattan. 
Um, you were asking about how like beers combine with uh, booze to make different flavors. So they instead of that. adding bitters, we're adding a 120 IBU IPA wow. to top that off. So that's the bitter that you're going to taste in the. To, so this is basically it, it tastes like a hoppy beer, but underneath it, underneath it, there's a lot of booze. bourbon, it's rye, rye whiskey, rye whiskey, yeah, rye whiskey, and, rye whiskey, and, sweet wow. vermouth, some brandied cherry brine, and uh, yeah, some very bitter. Very I'm going to have to IPA. ask you guys at. at both of you, Kara and, and uh, Tony TK, <laughs> you guys are going to have to give us your uh, recipes and we'll put them on Facebook. Oh, yeah. More than right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, that one, that one's a real kicker because... Uh, yeah. Wait, wait, tell me what that one is again because this it's is really IPA cool. IPA Manhattan. So IPA Manhattan. And which beer was that? 120 IBUs. Uh, That's a devil dancer. Yeah. Founder's devil dancer. Nice. Yes. Yeah. That's really exciting. Um, on Monday, the thirty, uh, the twenty ninth, rather, uh, we'll be hosting Founders. You guys should come over. Oh, we'd love to. Um, we're doing a in conjunction. So at Tavern Twenty Nine, you guys are also your Tavern Twenty Nine and Stone Street Tavern. We have two locations. So yeah. Stone Street's really special. If you go downtown, I like Stone Street Tavern a lot. There's also the Crazy Irish Guys, Ulysses, and uh, the Growler now too, right? It's a great location. It's one of the oldest, you know, streets in Manhattan. You know, there's still cobblestones. You can sit outside. It's near the Elevated Acre, which is um, this great location that you can go and get lunch. We have a pop-up location there right now, um, and you know, it offers a, you know a lot of fun things to do. Uh, but uh, back to the Founders event um, and talking about beer cocktails. Founders is coming in on Monday, uh, July 29th to Tavern 29, and they're bringing in six great beers um, that we pair with uh, Murray's Cheese as well. They'll be involved. Cool. And uh, you can welcome to come by and taste some awesome cheeses that go perfectly with not only the founder selection, um, and, but as well as our beer cocktails. Why is it called Tavern 29? Well, it's on 29th Street. It is on 29th Street. It is on 29th Street. Ah. I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty indicative why it's called that. Um, in addition to that, you know, Stone Street Tavern, Tavern 29. There's something great about the word tavern. It makes us think of Ireland. It makes us think about drinking in places that uh, have been drinking far longer than we've been alive. Are you part Irish? I am. I am. I'm a mix of a lot of different things. <laughs> but Talon is an Irish last name, and uh, yeah. So uh, I used to live in Northern Ireland for several years. So. Wow. So when you go out in the city, what are some places you like to go? And well, what do you like to drink when you're not at your bar? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, uh, Tavern 29, of course, is my favorite place to go. Um, uh, <laughs> but aside from that, there are a lot of great places, depending on what my mood is. Um, you know, if I'm going out for a cocktail, I'm definitely going to stop at the Rye House and see some of the fun things that they're doing. Um, Beer-wise, you know, there are some great selections. Uh, I always pop over to Cannibal, which is one of our neighbor restaurants. They've got yeah, a, we're buddies with them. Yeah, they've got some fun stuff going on at all points in time. Um, but you know, there's always classics like the Blind Tiger and what have you if you're looking for beer. But as I said, cocktail wise, I'll stop at the Rye House. I don't know; they've, they've been doing some good things. I'll, for I'll a while. say this: I, I like the beer cocktails. I'm gonna tell you this. I really like beer better. Nothing <laughs> oh. against you guys. I, I, Someday th- we'll convert you. The reason there's a song that we used to play, and we're gonna t- we're gonna go to break a minute. It was Tom T. Hall. It was called "I Like Beer." And if you want to Google it, Google Tom T. Hall's "I Like Beer." It tells you why I like beer. Because you know what? You can keep drinking it, and it keeps you going. And I don't know. Once you put liquor in, I'm like, I think to me, and this is I'm gonna make a statement on here. To me, except for certain really special spirits, but even then, they're in question. Is it basically? It, it spirits are an easy way out, and and I really am a fan of really good specialty beer. I think it takes a lot more care from the ingredients up. And I know that with just a base of, sh- you can ferment sugar and water, and you can still make a spirit. And there's there's nothing like a really good beer, and that's really what we're trying to get to here. Um, so let's just raise our glasses. We're taking another short break. We'll be back, and we're going to be inside the Pilsner and Kel van on Beer Sessions Radio. All right, cheers. Hey, You're listening to DD by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Keep it locked.
Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. It's July Good Beer Month. You don't think about it, but Mayor Bloomberg has given a proclamation for the fifth year once again, and he's awesome. And this weekend coming up, we've got uh, the New York State Food and Beer Expo in Williamsburg. It's actually going to be uh, the first time in New York City we've had uh, 25 uh, New York State breweries, only New York State breweries, uh, in an outdoor festival, which is pretty cool. And then next uh, Wednesday, July 31st, uh, the Good Beer event, which uh, we co-founded with Edible Brooklyn, Edible Manhattan, five years ago. Uh, that's going to be where we present our new Good Beer Seal Awards. And that's where last year we met uh, Kill Myers from Staten Island and, and Pine Box Rock Shop. So who's going to be the new Good Beer Seal Bars? We'll find out. You can come to a Good Beer event at uh, 82 Mercer in Manhattan next week. And you're all invited. Uh, email us. Uh, I'll give you our email. What is it? Foodkarma at gmail.com if you want to get a special invite. We'll, we'll get you in. And uh, otherwise, tweet us at at... Beer underscore sessions. We also have a couple I Like Beer t-shirts with us tonight, which we're going to give out. So, hey, we're talking about beer cocktails, but we started off the night parked out on uh, Moore Street in Bushwick. Uh, Brian uh, from Pilsner & Cal has, has a van with this really cool setup. And uh, I think Joe's going to cut to us. We were over there. We're not sure how the, how the recording came out, but we were hanging out in a van on, a, on Moore Street drinking beer. Take it away, Joe. Here we are inside the Pilsner Arkell van with Brian Panzica. Brian, what are we doing in here? What I'm here to do is show you guys a little bit about um, Czech culture and quality. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to introduce the founts, the Pilsner Arkell founts, you know, bring them over from the Czech Republic to the United States. Uh, we do things a little bit differently over there in the Czech Republic. As you can see, this is a side handle tap system. Um, you know, in the United States, we use a, a pull front tap system and you pour beer completely differently on this system versus that system. Whereas that system, uh, the normal pour in the United States is called a crisp, where you actually have to agitate the beer to get the proper head or, or manipulate the tap handle. These systems right here, this, this faucet is actually geared to pour foam at will. He's pouring foam. So he, he, we're really inside this portable Pilsner Arkell van. He's trying to explain to us how he pours beer, but it's hard to get that over, over the radio. But when we go back inside... Uh, we're going to talk a little more about it, but why don't you pour the beer for us and let's taste it. So there's like, what, how many different ways of pouring this? Five different ways? There, there are four different ways, and the traditional way that they serve here in the Czech Republic is just called the smooth. So what they do differently is this is a very hygienic system where this gets sanitized, this entire faucet gets sanitized every evening. So the health department doesn't have a problem with us touching the faucet or actually dropping the shank into the glass. So that's what they do over there. They pour, drop the foam in first, and then they pour the beer from the bottom up. So now this entire beer has not been oxidized yet. It hasn't touched any oxygen. And you can see that there's a very dense layer of what we call liquid foam. It's a barrier layer. Ken, you want one? Absolutely. Yeah. I want the bidet. Yeah, I know. At uh, Kilmars and Staten Island, you, you have some pretty uh, authentic draft systems, don't you? Not as fancy as this, though, I will say that. And this is very traditional in the Czech Republic. You'll find this at most of the restaurants or bars that serve Pilsner Cal. So what is this pour call that you made? This, it's like mostly beer with a little head on top. It's got 35 millimeters of head, which they, they consider the perfect two fingers of foam. Um... This is called the smooth, or the hladinka, which is very traditional in the Czech Republic. And as you can see, under your glass, because of the glass rinser, it's a perfectly beer-clean glass. There's no, there are no bubbles on the side. All the carbonation is per perfectly coming up from the bottom. And that is a, a direct result of the glass rinser. So th this is a standard Pilsner Akel draft? Yes, sir. That's, that's normally what you would get um, in the Czech Republic. It's either served in one of these mugs or it's served in a goblet, a tall Pilsner goblet. So what are you doing? You're, you're driving around giving out beer in vans? <laughs> well, so we were just in the, it's before we started the show, we went on to the van on Moore Street, and uh, there was this home behind us. So it didn't really come out the recording-wise, but really got to see Brian and his element. And I want to go back to this. So you took you, you participated in that bartending competition, and your reward is you get to – how long are you going to be the rep for, for this special program? Well, it's like we, the, the bartender's dream, right? It's pretty cool, right? You got to stop bartending at some point in time. <laughs> you just get to that age where too too many bottles of Grey Goose in a night. You know, you wake up feeling it a little bit. So yeah, I mean, this is a natural progression, natural transgression into uh, a new field. But it's also something you know I've, I've grown to love. When when they offered me the opportunity, I was over the moon. I didn't really want to go work for a spirits company. 
I, I've always liked always liked beer, and um, the Pilsner Kell turned out to be a really special beer for me. When you sort of immerse yourself into their their culture, you know, reading and studying for the test was a, was a big part of that, and. Um, you know all the people that work for the company, everybody that I've met from the brewmaster Vaslav to all the brand ambassadors, all the people that are involved in marketing and everything. They're really, really good people, and they really care about their beer. So I'm happy to be a part of this family. Well, let's do this. As we talk about beer cocktails, the wide world of beer, let's go through some of, of our experts here and, and and start with Ken. Tell us what you really like about about craft beer and, and why you're doing this instead of selling something else like wine or, or spirits or something else. Well, for one thing. Um I like being local, and there have been lately so many wonderful craft beers that have been brewed in, in, in New York State. You know, even in, in Brooklyn itself, for instance, we now have we well, not only do we have the Brooklyn Brewery, of course, but we have Kelso, we have Six Point, we have Coney Island. It, 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 it's so great to be able to do like a made in New York thing, and you have a, a Blue Point in Long Island, and you have, and then of course you go up upstate. There's so many more, but there's something about having local breweries to me that just uh, is so important. Let's get Jeff. Jeff Rush from Pine Box Rock Shop. You too. You're really, you're really a big supporter of craft beer. What what, what oh, makes sure. it appealing for you? Uh, I mean, it's just it's better beer than uh, big market beer. It's uh, it's cared for more. Uh, the love that goes into it shows when you're drinking it. Uh, it's how I became a lover of IPAs. Um, it's uh, it's what's missing from most of the big market beers for sure. All right, and Heather from Pine Box Rock Shop. Tell us a few things. It's I totally agree with you about Come the, the local uh, aspect of it. It's so great to be able to serve beer that's made up the road. Um, the brewers <laughs> come into the bar. Uh, the brewmasters come into the bar. That's amazing. But there's also so many great flavors that um, you can pull out of a beer just using basic ingredients. And you have something that tastes like banana or something that tastes like grapefruit. Like That's fun to work with, and it's really fun to introduce customers to. Great. And I'll go back to Brian because one thing you've learned, it's pretty awesome. There's also these great European traditions that, you know, fuck the Nazis. <laughs> I mean, I just say that there. And whatever there was. I mean, everybody. The elephant in the room is now gone. I, you said it. So we're really happy that a lot of Eastern Europe, Europe is back and doing things like making beer. So, But there's these great traditions. Like, I never saw this, all these weird pouring things. I mean, that's real. Is, is it just a gimmick or do people really, is, is the way you pour beer and the technology behind it, does it make a difference? No, ironically enough, it's... It, it, that sort of uh, faucet came around, I believe, because of a lack of a technology where it's actually still got the flow, con- uh, flow control valve on it with a compensator plug on the inside. And, and what that, I believe, originally did was, and it still does, obviously, it, it speeds or lowers the flow of beer out of the faucet. But that's, I believe, because they were using like uh, hand, hand pumps or foot pumps and you couldn't really control the, the the rate of flow, so you actually have to control it on the uh, on the, the faucet. Which nowadays it's basically obsolete because if you have like a primary regulator on your main CO two and then a secondary regulator regulator in your keg room, you control the pressure of how fast that beer comes out of the faucet downstairs in the keg room. So that's a very very traditional faucet, and and they stay true to tra- tradition with that. So. It's not a gimmick. You'll find that all over the Czech Republic. If you go to Hospoda up on 73rd um, on the Upper East Side, that's a the Czech restaurant in you know New York City, and they have five of them. And you know their system is actually very similar to that uh, tank, uh, the the tank bar that I was talking about. It looks exactly the same, but they just have their refrigerated kegs in there. But it's it's very similar style, and the food's very Czech. It's you know very traditional, and they do. Exactly that. They unscrew all their faucets every night. They sanitize them, and then they get to pour that traditional pour. And it's probably only one of about ten places in New York City that you can find that right now. But we're trying to expand on that. Right. And Tony TK, Tony. So when you're, whether you're making beer cocktails or just bartending, yeah. What, what are a couple go-to craft beers that you like? Uh, um, I'm really a huge fan of Crossroads up in Athens. Um, um, Athens, I believe you had Kenny on here one yeah. time. Yeah, we've had yeah. Kenny on yeah. Athens, New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, their Outrage IPA is probably one of my favorite IPAs right, right now. Um, and then I'm also a, a huge fan of Firestone Walker. I think that they're uh, an exceptional uh, 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 brewery and <clears throat> uh, 
Those would be my go-tos if I right. had to. I really enjoyed your cocktails, too. <laughs> Thank you. And Kara from Tavern 29 in Stone Street Tavern. So tell us, so you're, you like craft beer, right? I do. So what, what are some of your favorites right now? Well, some of my go-tos are, of course, Firestone Walker. Their pills is coming out soon. Um, we carry their DBA and, of course, the Union Jack. But in addition to that, um, you know, it is summertime, so I do go to a couple interesting places. Uh, one is Cisco Brewers out of Nantucket. Yeah. Still love, I'm, love, love, I'm love with the gray lady, you know. Um, not everyone is, but that's to each their own. Um, in addition to that, um, I'm definitely still onto the founders. You know, they've been one of my top four. Well, they've been one of the top four breweries the past few years. You know, you can't say no. Um, and you know what? I'll pick up a Greenport Summer, a Greenport Harbor, whenever uh, it's out and about. You know, support local. All right. Well, I just want to say we've had a really great group of people here. I think I think we have the most people in the room ever. We've got some PR people back there, Joe and everybody, Amanda, some cool people, even the owner of Tavern Twenty Nine. And then she had Kyra speak for her. But uh, we'll, we'll give a shout-out tomorrow. We're doing the last of the craft beer jams at WNYC's The Green Space in Soho. I'll be hosting all the Queens craft breweries. We're looking forward to that. we got Robbie Crafton of Big Alice Brewery, Rich Castagna of Bridge and Tunnel Brewery, Ethan Long of Rockaway Brewing, and Brian Dwyer from Single Cut Beer Smoths. Smiths and Chris Schoenberg of First We Feast. This will be rocking it out. We'll be at thegreenspace.org. And this weekend, join the Good Brazil and Beer Sessions Radio and Biba of Brooklyn. We're doing the first annual New York State Food and Beer Expo on July 27th in Williamsburg, East River Park. So go to goodbrazil.com and check it out. We have over 25 New York State breweries. I think it's the first time it's been done in the city, just all New York State breweries. And also we've got the Bushwick Block Party for Heritage Radio Network. And again, on August 11th, check us out, Hawaiian Barbecue at Roberta's, featuring our, our summer whole hog roast and food. It's, it's one of the bigger uh, fundraisers for the Heritage Radio Network.org. And again, it's a nonprofit now. You can become a member. The rates start, I think, at $25. I know Eddie's out there. It's like 25 and up, but if, if the higher you go, the more benefits. But it's still a deal. This is like the foodies NPR, Heritage Radio Network. Okay. We've got some crazy stuff coming up. Just hang tight with this is Beer Sessions Radio. I'd like to thank our sponsors, GreatBrewers.com. We'll go around again. Ken and everybody else, thanks for joining me. Heather, we've got some cool people. And uh, we'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Thanks, everybody, including Jack Inslee, Brie O'Connor, engineer Joe Galarraga. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 